Greetings, everybody. Welcome to the Vinyl Community Podcast. I'm Rob from Northern Revolutions, a Vinyl Community YouTube channel from Toronto, Canada. Thanks, everyone, for joining me today for my first time hosting the podcast, though I was a guest a few weeks ago. I'll be joined today by my buddy, your buddy, everybody's buddy, concert buddy. We're going to be talking about some vinyl gambles from our collecting journey. All right, everybody, welcome to Northern Revolutions. I'm joined by my good buddy, concert buddy. Um, we're here to, to have a conversation today, kind of a continuation of a conversation that uh, appeared on the Vinyl Community podcast uh, a week or so ago. Chance and I were talking about vinyl regrets or regrets. Um, things that we have uh, seen out in the wild, perhaps, and and and, and not taken a, a gamble on, and maybe regretted, or, or practices that uh, we now regret, and and that kind of got me thinking that you know there there are many more of those stories, and there's also uh, other positive uh, vinyl gambles, I would call them things that. Uh, you know, maybe we took a flyer on and, and and exceeded our expectations in one way or another. So I invited Chance back that we would uh, continue on the discussion because I I think I had the impression we sort of just scratched the surface of some of those great stories that is what, what makes record collecting one of the fun hobbies it is. So welcome, Concert Buddy. Thank you, sir. Glad to be back. And yeah, I think you hit it around the head. I think we just we, we put our toes in that bathwater and I think there's a lot more lot more stories and a lot more uh, sharing that we can mine from this. For sure, for sure. Um, we won't rehash the stories that we did before for those no. folks that want to check them out. No repeat. No repeat weekend. That's right. <laughs> exactly. No no reruns on here. That's so right. if you want to check them out, you can check out the video on Chance's channel or you can check out the previous episode on the Vinyl Community Podcast. But I thought we'd, uh, we would continue on with, uh, you know, what I'm – tentatively calling you know vinyl gambles so um whether they're whether they're hits or misses uh, you, you decide to, you decide that's right you be the judge folks you you do you want to go first or you want me to go first or oh well i mean if you're giving me the dance floor first rob i'll go for it well you're um, the guest man so set yeah, the bar high yeah so talking about gambles or things in hindsight that we're glad we did um so let's go back a couple years. I didn't really own any box sets, right? I just thought it was, took all up a lot of space on a shelf. Who needs that many records? Tend to set, you know, just a hassle, right? And, and they're expensive. And and yep, to the words around right my mouth, and they're expensive. So I was really box set averse. And then the universe put the Ozzy Osbourne box set. It's uh, see you on the other side box yep. set together and you know i had a lot of aussie records i had the ones that were in print i didn't have no more tears because that was kind of a pricier one even though it kind of sounds like ass because it's you know <laughs> it, it's on one disc and you know it doesn't have room to breathe it's you know typical 90s really compressed you know recording so here comes see you on the other side the box set and they put that little carrot like they do and they're like first time on vinyl and it was like three or four different albums of his first time on vinyl and so I was like, okay, so now I'm interested. What I wasn't interested in is the price tag. I think it was 500 bucks. And, but then they, they knew this. Sharon Osborne, you know, very good businesswoman. She's shrewd. 
she's shrewd, but she gets the job done. I, and this has nothing to do with the view or political view. This is just talking straight up. Ozzy's manager. So 500 bill, 500 bucks. And then they threw in the kicker, which was this certificate of authenticity signed by Ozzy himself. So 500 bucks. I'm like, wow. So I had to muscle up, you know, save, save my concert buddy coins for, for a hot minute. And I bought one. First one I got came and it, uh, it had like the box had splits on it. So I was already like, oh, you, gotta, no. you gotta be kidding me. So I had, I was like, this is going to be either a return or, and they said, of course, limited edition. It was, it was with all the, the marketing jargon that you want limited edition. Or once it's gone, it's gone on it. So they, I wrote they, they put the worm on the hook and you bit it. Oh I, yeah. I bit it hook, line and sinker. So then I get this box that's got splits on the end and I'm like, I'm sad face. Cause I'm thinking either I'm going to have to return it in full or I'm going to have to live with this. I even took, you know, like I just did that video about split seams and using a marker, you know, hillbilly gym style. I even did that on these, the box. And of course it was a matte finish. So it just looked like complete trash wrote, wrote the, uh, the manufacturer. I think it was, was it Sony? Yeah, I think it was Sony. And to their credit, they sent me an empty box replacement. Perfect. So, it, you know, and it working out. Okay. I think I, I think I even sold the crap box on eBay for like 30 bucks. So I actually, you know, talk about 500 bucks and got 30 bucks back. Anyway, it's a long winded way of saying I got the box set. We're all good. COA happy with it now. So again, keep in mind it was 500 bucks and I was like, wow, I just don't know if I wanted to do it. Ended up doing it. Now this thing's going in excess of $2,000 and blows my mind and even some collector friends of mine don't have that because they were like me They're like man five hundred dollars a lot of the hesitation marks and now my biggest i guess i guess that's a win but also gonna be a regret because i wish i would have bought another one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, you know to speculate yep. right because then it yeah. would have been a nice five yeah it's so a five hundred dollar investment sit on it for call it two years and i think it really took off during the COVID because i think this came out right before COVID. let's call it 2019 so right before COVID, then everybody's home, then everybody's really doubling down on vinyl or getting into it. And that's when I noticed it started going north of 1,000, 1,500, and I think now it's like two grand. So anyway, big win there. Big win. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. I'm going to start with a win as well. Cool. Um, I'm going to start with um, my holy grail. <laughs> I've been a... I've been a record collector since I was, I don't know, 14, maybe 12, something like that. When I get, when I was getting into music, which would be the early nineties through my dad, you know, osmosis as most of us do. And I, you know, while I bought CDs, I, I was always buying vinyl and, you know, through the nineties and two thousands when no one else was. And like a lot of people, my gateway was the Beatles and my Holy grail of everything was always the butcher cover as it is for many Beatles collectors. I had never seen one. I never thought that I was ever going to get to own one. And uh, this isn't necessarily a gamble, but I, I would consider it a, you know, a, a big win. I um, one day was looking on eBay and some guy had a third state mono, which for the folks that don't know, it's, Third state means it had a slick on it and, and someone had peeled it. And it wasn't a great peeled job, but you could see it mm -hmm. um, clearly what it was. It was in kind of rough shape. And at the time, 
it was somewhere around, I think it was about 125 bucks, something like that. This mm. was about eight years ago. Mm. So that's, that's still a big pill to swallow at that point. It, right. I mean, at that time I'm like, maybe this was 10 years ago. Anyway. Well, before that, before that, can I ask a question? Yeah. So how did you learn? I mean, obviously, you know, the Beatles. How did you learn of the mythology behind the Butcher cover? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm such, I'm such a Beatles nerd that, you know, I'm that guy that knows about, you know, I'm in Canada, so I'm familiar with all the Canadian pressings and how they're different than the American and how they're different from the UK. I mean, I think maybe the first time I heard about it was during the, you know, the Beatles anthology documentaries probably, and I've got many books and and whatever. And back when I was in my early twenties, a girl that I was dating, her dad was a huge Beatles nut and he allegedly had one, but I never saw it. It was in the safety deposit box. I never saw it. And so I think the mythology had just sort of built in my head over time and I have to have it. And I had never seen one in the wild before. Got it. So I saw this one on eBay. With, with full understanding of what I was getting, it's a peeled butcher that wasn't very well peeled. It was in rough shape. I'm not going to play it, so what What if I care, right? Sure, I just sure. I wanted to own that artifact. But I'm like, $125 on a record. That's a lot of money for one single record. Yeah. I mean, even now, that's still a fair amount to pay for a record. Yeah. So you know what? Damn it. I'm just going to do it. And... It was it was uh it was like a it was an auction, but it had like a buy it now uh or make an offer or whatever. Okay. And so I offered him like you know ten bucks above what his asking was, and he took it right away. I'm like, Whew. so I bought it for 130 bucks ish, and it it showed up. And uh, this is it here for those that are watching on YouTube. You can see what it looks like. It is mm -hmm. not a great peel, sure, sure. but you clearly understand what it is. And, you know, it's the genuine artifact. So not a gamble in so far as, you know, should I or shouldn't I? Obviously it was, damn it, I'm buying this thing. Mm -hmm. But it's a huge win that, yeah, it's beat up. But even in this condition, these things are expensive as hell nowadays. Yes. I mean, even for even for peeled covers, people have been known to pay like a thousand bucks, which is insane. The ones that are <laughs> the ones that are in great condition are multiple thousands of dollars. That's true. Go, yep. That is nuts. I don't really care what it's worth. I'm not I'm not in to records for the speculation. Value. Uh -huh. It's it's purely the love of the music and 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 the hobby itself. But if I didn't jump on it back then. I wouldn't own one now because there's no way in hell I would drop a thousand bucks on the on a record because I'd be living out on the street. My wife would kick me <laughs> out. Right. So not a gamble, mm -hmm. but absolutely a big win. I'm glad that I I dropped 130 bucks on a record 10 years ago that nowadays I wouldn't be able to afford. So. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because it's kind of a point that I think about, you probably think about, and other folks probably think about is do it now or do it later. And I think that that didn't always used to be the case five, 10 years ago, because odds are it would come back around some way. And I know Jason Rojas, some of you guys know probably on YouTube, he says it all the time. He's like, that record that you're looking for will come to you at the right time. You just gotta be patient. And I think there's a lot to that. However, I think there's some records I've been waiting for since I found this guy 10 years ago 
that I've never seen in the wild that I've realized the only way to acquire them is through online marketplaces, right? It's just reality of it. And I think you kind of hit on a a really like top of mind thing for record collecting today is if it's there, do I or don't I? And if I don't, will I see it again? Will I see it again in the same price? FOMO, you know, and and sometimes, you know, like that's the gamble. That's the the snake eyes because if, if you pass it, then you're going to think about it. It's like the the girl that got away, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's true, but I've, there have been Absolutely. a lot of those. Fortunately, I've been able to circle around <laughs> on back on most of those, but I've had to ha- have what it's, I want to call it a regret, but I did put it in my kind of consciousness of what I'll call the miss out tax. Right. Yep. And I actually have, actually, I'll show you this record right now. So, uh, Along those lines. So this record is a reissue. This is Bill Evans. You must believe in spring. Mm-hmm. Um, originals are very expensive and I'm the last person that should be telling anybody what jazz records to buy. However, I know about Bill Evans. I like some of his catalog. This was reissued this year. Okay. So call, I think it was in June. This came out by Kraft. So it's two discs, 45 RPM. And I didn't really think any of it because I don't, know the full bill evans discography right because i'm still relatively finding my way in jazz so i think i saw it recently i think i've been bob bradley somebody featured it on a video and that's how you know i'm sure like you that's how you kind of learn about different things absolutely you might have missed right youtube read a message boards whatever yep so when that came out i think it was a a 30 or 40 dollar you know release so now i've decided i want to get it of course can't find it anywhere i'm like yeah that sounds good you know, Bob Bradley knows jazz or whoever, again, whoever it was, I, I trusted their opinion. So now I've got to go find it sold out everywhere. New copies sold out. I, I mean, I did my Google. I did all my record stores online. I've actually found a copy at a record store, a, a used copy that was now 60 bucks. So you're talking about, you know, 20 more dollars than I could have paid six to eight months ago. And again, it's 20 bucks, 20 bucks, is 20 bucks. Plus I've got to pay the shipping and whatever. So those those kind of things happen more often than not. And I think that's a product of our post our current COVID, post-COVID environment with supply chain challenges, with capacity challenges, all those things. Because when those things come in, they go out. And and again, that might have it might have sold out in like a month, three months. I don't know. But since it wasn't on my radar then, five, ten years ago, that wasn't a big deal because you could probably track down a copy still at MSRP. Now, I mean, you got to pay this miss out tax, which is very similar to what I call the death tax, right? Like when an artist dies. Yep. <laughs> and I've, I've, I've been on both sides of that one. I've, I've raced out to try to get the records and people have already jacked the prices up. Or I hate to say it, it makes me sound like a dirt bag, but there are records that I had for sale that I was like, hey, now's the time to get off of them because such and such died. And it is what yep. it is, right? So. Yep. Yep. Well, it's. It's 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 commercialism, right? Whether we like it or not, it's part of the hobby. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, and and there, yeah, it's nothing that you, I, or the coalition, the willing can do. It's it's just one of those variables that you know. What is it? Uh, Chad Cass and buy now or cry later. And yep. there's been that that's been good practice in a lot of cases. Again, I've been on the the opposite side of buying something that I was kind of on the fence about, and I'm glad I did because it's not back in print or it's not going to be reissued or the tapes were lost or whatever. But I've also been on that other side where, like I was just saying, like, again, 
something I didn't know about, found out about it less than a year later and good luck trying to track one down. Oh wait, you did. And now you got to pay the miss out tax. And yeah. I love that miss out tax. I, that's, that's a very valid copyright uh, patent and copyright pending. So <laughs> fair enough. If I, if I ever use it in a video, I'll, I'll give you a copyright notice at the bottom. <laughs> It'll be, uh, it, that, that'll pay me more than these apparent copyright uh, YouTube payments that I'll maybe one day get that I always hear about. Right. <laughs> They're mythical, right? I think, I think those things are the like unicorns. Sassy. Yeah. Like a penny a video or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Good luck. Exactly. Do you have any, uh, you get those are, I think we've both had a couple of nice wins there. You got any that just, that still, still sting a little bit. Hmm. That's sting. Um, you know, there's one, it, well, this doesn't sting, but it just, this is, this is my latest infatuation. I'd say latest. It's been one I've been looking for. <clears throat> so I think 2009, um, there was a band actually, and I'm, I'm trying to tell too much of the story. I used to work with a guy. Let me go this way. Back first job out of college. I worked at a place. I worked with an aspiring musician. Uh, we actually both went to our next jobs together. The company was downsized and we actually moved to another company together, a whole bunch of us. Um, so we're working on two places. He ends up quitting the job and just goes all in doubles down being a musician. Right. So I don't hear anything for a couple of years from this guy. And then next thing I know he's resurfaced with this uh, rock band who I knew of from like alternative radio called hurt. Are you familiar with like their big hits mean. like 10 ton brick is like their big single, right? Yeah. So they had already had that single by the time this, this friend of mine had joined the band. So that I heard he joined and I uh, heard, you know, as a whole rock and roll story was he you know, basically, booked a one-way ticket to LA. It was make it or break it. He was auditioning for the, the bass player gig. He got it. Okay. So then now they're coming through our town. And so I, you know, I'm like, great. I go see him, you know, all that stuff. Anyway, fast forward to, I'm now in, really into record collecting. <clears throat> and I find out this album of theirs that I got on CD back when it came out, 2009, I think it was. It's on vinyl. Great. Okay. So I've missed the release 2009. So now this is about 2014, 15. I like it on vinyl. Okay. Again, very similar to this miss out tax we were just talking about. So I go on Discogs and never pops up. And even to this day, 2023, rarely pops up. Maybe once, twice, three times a year. And of course, it's now it's now it's like $300, right? And again, price is a consideration, but it's not the ultimate consideration. You know, right. bless, I guess. But to that end, the time spent looking, monitoring, waiting for the latest Discogs update, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? So this one's been on my list for years and it's been at the top for years. And I even went to, and maybe you've done this or maybe folks watching or listening have done this. If you go on Discogs, the people who have it, who have cataloged it, you can, uh, I hate to say cold call, Yep. <laughs> but you yep. can email them. And I've, yep. I've done that. Actually, it worked for me on another record. So I was like, okay, it worked before. So I just started emailing people. Hey, really trying to track down this record. And I got real close. There was one person who was real close who was like, yeah, you know, I don't listen to it. And I was like, all right, I got it. And then they backed off and they said, oh. yeah, hit me up. So they said, hit me up some other time and see if I changed my mind. A year later, I mean, this is how I've been trying to track this down. A year later, I followed up on that lead, like like a, t like a tenacious you, sure. know, a, you know, salesman or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I followed up on it and I was like, hey man, it's been a year, any different? And he's like, nah, I think I'm going to hold on to it for the long term. Uh, so 
So that's a tough one because I think the last one that came up that I could have bought was last or maybe early last year, and it was three hundred thirty bucks, autographed by the band. And usually when it's when higher price point stuff, unless I know I've got it snap on it, which I probably guess I should have snapped on that now. Um, I'll give it like a night. I'll give it the overnight thing. Like, okay, it's there in the morning. That's the universe's way. I mean, this, this is this is the, the yeah, sickness, yeah. right? It's just like the, rec- the record gods say a chance. It's okay. That's my point, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, like mate, you just take a take a couple months off from buying records. You can afford, you know, it, it'll work out. Of right. course, it was gone. I, right. Yeah, yeah. By the by, the morning it was gone. I think it probably sold as soon as I logged off my computer that night. So, so that one has been kind of evading me for the longest time. Actually, let me. I'm going to give everyone the title. So, if you want to. Uh, Find it for me or extort me, one or the other. Um, just let me know. I have. To, I should know the title because I have it. Actually, I found a CD of it recently because I'd gotten rid of the CD years ago. And uh, goodbye to the machine. I knew this off the top of my head. It took me a second. So hurt. Goodbye to the machine is the one that's the the what do they call it the apple of my eye. <laughs> It's the one that I'm trying to chase down because I've I've done the dance, I've done everything I think I can, and obviously, the only other thing I can do is just the universe serendipitously, like what I did there serendipitously. That's a hard one to say. Um, you know, if I find it out in the wild, that that's really obviously the universe's way of saying it's your turn. But that's what I'm trying to track down. And I made the mistake, and I'll get off that this topic on this one. Um, recently, a, a, another collector buddy of mine who's who's been he's been thirsting. I don't want to name him, but if you watch my videos, I've dropped it a few times. But he's been thirsting for this record I found at the Chicago Hillside Show. And it's, it was one of my grails, but it's more of his grail. And great guy. He's the best. But I've got it, and he doesn't. And it, I, think, I think it eats at him, right? I might, I might know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he, so he really he, – so anyway, I, I, I was talking to him this week, and I just sent him a picture. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to double down and like expand my net and say, hey, here's the record I'm, I'm looking for this year. Can you help me out if you see it? Send yeah. him a picture, send him the listing. And it's, and it, it, within five minutes, he replies back and he's like, yo, if and when I find this and I will find this, get, get ready. To just, we're going to work out that trade for that record that we've been talking about. And I was like, son of a gun, because my man's playing chess and I'm playing checkers. You know what I mean? Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'll do you a solid in post when I put this up on my, my YouTube channel. I'll make up a little wanted poster. I'll put the album <laughs> on there. Do it in black and white, like the old yeah. movies. You know, like they're they're missing their pet or something. Absolutely, like it'll be like <laughs> or milk carton, like the milk carton. That'd be even better. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> reasonable <laughs> rewards will be entertained. You know, something. That's like right. That. That's right. Yeah, we'll, I'll, do, I'll do you solid, man. Maybe maybe one of the uh, one hundred and eleven people that watch this might <laughs> might have it. So. That's awesome. So, <laughs> I've got one. I mean, I've got several, you know, regrets, but this this is one that got away, and this one stings the most. Mm. Um, I I I have admitted many times on my channel, I take no shame in admitting that I'm a Swifty. Yes. This is so this. everyone yes. can laugh, and that's fine, and I don't really care. Um, the oldest male Swifty right here, everyone. Well, I don't know about oldest, but you know, <laughs> one of the, one of the more mature, mature. You know, like what they say about. Uh, have you ever heard? Side note, you know, like uh, running races. 
the the bigger guys who run the races if they're like six four like 250 they call them clydesdales right there's got there's got to be a term for like people our age who enjoy like taylor swift music like it's right. swift swifty just seems like a disservice it like, does it's i'm not like a teenage girl but exactly right so <laughs> i'm a taylor swift fan i will admit it and that's fine and i could take the ridicule whatever it doesn't matter sure sure so <clears throat> Her album Red, which came out in, I don't know when it came out, 2014, 15, whenever the hell that came out. Um, it was up for a slew of awards. And what, what her label, Big Machine, did is they did an incredibly limited press of the album on red vinyl. And, and I'll, I'll put a picture of this up so everyone can see it. They put a slip cover over it that was red and white, and then they sent it out to all the voting members CMA, of, the right? of country music. And it was, you know, for your ACM consideration. ACM, okay. <clears throat> so I don't know how many, there's maybe only a few hundred of these, right? Mm -hmm. So I bought one. Mm. I bought one off mm. eBay, and I bought it for $90. Ooh, steal. Steal. The Hamburglar, what's up? <laughs> right? And I was excited. This was only a couple, this would have been like maybe a year later, maybe like, you know, a year after the album came out, whatever. So, is this another eBay find? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I got this thing and it shows up at my house and I grabbed the package and I could feel my heart break the minute I didn't even need to open the package because all this moron did was take the record and wrap it in one layer of bubble paper and some packing tape. No cardboard, no mailer, oh, no nothing. Oh. And I just went, oh. Been there, maybe, yeah. Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's okay. I open it up. All four corners are all dinged up and bent and whatever. And I was just like, oh, my God. So I emailed the eBay seller, and it was some woman. She goes, I'll give you $10 off. <laughs> and I thought about that for a nanosecond before I told her where she could put it. <laughs> so I sent it back to her and got a full refund. I wish that even though it was beat up all the shit that I would have hung on to it. Oh, sure. Because now, because thousands of dollars. Yes, it's very. That's how, that's how I. As soon as you're telling the story, I knew of the record. It's not something I'm chasing, but I've heard people who are chasing it. I mean, I've seen it listed for ten thousand dollars. Not that it sells for that. Of course. And I don't care what it's worth. Again, I just want it for my collection. But you had a taste. You had it in your hands. I had it in my hand, and I just I, I say to my wife on a regular basis. I should have kept that Taylor Swift record. And she goes, yep, should have. Well, what's that line? Experience is the greatest teacher. And I think that's yeah. true because yeah. the next time, hopefully there's not a next time where you have a record of, of comparable status and comparable want that, that happens to, right? Because, because I'm assuming, so was it sealed? Like the record probably was fine. The record was fine. Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't sealed, right? Because it wasn't. Oh, it had a slip. That's right. It, it was, was a promotional. A, it was a promotional slip cover on it, and uh, yeah, just the, oh. 
And and the funny thing is, when I had emailed the eBay seller and exp- attached photos, told her about the damage. <laughs> it's like unsolved mysteries. You've got all the, the, the evidence. You've just and, just and I said, why wouldn't you at the very least put cardboard in it? She goes, well, the jacket's made out of cardboard. Isn't that enough? <sighs> wrong record in the wrong hands. Oh, I hate that so much. Right? Yeah. 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 So that's the multiple thousand dollar record. And again, I don't care what it's worth. It's just so damn rare. I'm never going to get another one. So, well, I'm going to, I'm going to put some, I'm going to go light one of my voodoo bags on fire tonight and send a good juju into the universe for it. But um, yeah, I know that one's rare. That's, I I think there's at least two other YouTube people I can think of off the top of my head that I've heard them mention that in passing. Not, not, not as, vivacious a story as yours where you literally had in your hand but uh, and that's the worst part right it's not that i bid on it and it got away or i saw it and didn't i bought it i owned it i had it in my hand (sighs) tough tough therapy session will be after this uh conference right um it made me think have you ever had a record fortunately knock on wood knock on ikea wood here um i haven't had this happened too much, but talking about the mail stuff when it arrives, because literally my wife, just, she, she, she's, she's a sport because every time I get a record and I see the mailman, just on my, our, our, our nest camera in the front porch, they like Frisbee it on Fris, Frisbee punt it. You know, I, I tried, I, I do like little YouTube shorts, just dropping a dime on them, just whatever. So every time that happens, I go down, you know, I go get the record and I just, I, you know, I do my hail Marys. Right. And, it's more times than not. It's okay. I, I got to be honest. It's probably about 60% of the time. So it's higher than 50, it's higher than 40, but <clears throat> I've been, I guess very fortunate in that usually it's got, it's jacket damage. Only one time, only one time have I had a record actually broke that was packed decently, right? Like it might've been a, a, a four corner mailer or whatever. Have you ever had a record actually break in the mail? Have you ever experienced that? No, I've thankfully again, knock on Ikea wood. <laughs> I've never had any break. Good. Um, other than that Taylor Swift record that was horribly packed. <clears throat> I, I luckily only ever had one. I mean, I've had the odd seam split. I mean, unfortunately, and your video was a good one. Unfortunately, that's the reality of, of what we live with when we buy records today. Yep. I mean, unfortunately, it is what it is. Um, I've only ever, beyond you know your normal seam split, I've only ever had one record received damaged. There's a band from California called Dirty Honey, and they are a awesome rock band. And yeah, I've seen them live; they're pretty good. Oh, lucky you! I okay. saw them when they first came out. They opened for. Uh, they opened for uh, Greta Van Fleet. I saw a sold out Greta Van Fleet show when Greta first broke. And I, yeah, Dirty uh, Honey opened up for him. I, w- I would rather yank all my teeth out with pliers than go see Greta Van Fleet. Ooh, hot take. Where are my other mitts? Oh, they're downstairs. Yeah, man. That's. <laughs> <laughs> but side note, that's how I saw them. But anyway, that's how I, I love Led Zeppelin, but I don't want to go see Greta Van Fleet because it's not the same thing. Um, at any rate, getting back on track. I discovered Dirty Honey. I don't know how. Probably on YouTube. Sure. And I'm like, these guys are amazing. So went on their website, wanted to buy the record, and you could buy it signed or unsigned. And I'm like, well, that's a no-brainer. And it was yeah. only like three bucks more or whatever. I, I bought the signed version. It arrives in a good quality mailer. Nothing yeah. wrong with it. 
but there was just a little to the point you made in your video, there was a little too much play inside of there. Yes. So when I opened it up, it was seam split on all three sides, the outer jacket and the lyric inner sleeve that was in it were all split. Natural. And when I took the record out, the record was scratched all to shit. Uh, and I was like, well, that kind of sucks. Of course. So I emailed the band, they're, they're, they're whoever does their merch, and I took pictures. Again, why not? Thorough. thorough. Yes, sir. And I just said, you know, just so you're aware, this is what happened. This is how it arrived. I can, I can appreciate a seam split or two, maybe, but, I mean, these are not little seam splits. They're fairly significant oh, for sure. For sure. on all sides, inner sleeve, outer sleeve. And I said, most disturbing is that the record is scratched. It plays fine, but it is very scratched. I said, is there any, I didn't ask for anything fridge. I said, is there anything you can do for me? And within 24 hours, I got an email back going, if you'd like a replacement copy, We'll ship it to you tomorrow. There's no charge to you, and you keep the other one. And it arrived, and it was in it was in fine condition. So that's the only damage story I've got. I mean, consider yourself lucky, Rob. Because I feel like I have to write an email at least every other week. Wow. No, I'm serious. And I, but in fairness, I think it literally it, part of it's what I talked about in that video is the the vinyl's heavier. It's the way that they load the records in the sleeves now. Um, and when it does move, I also think, and I, I, I was thinking more of it when I, after I did the video, you know, if, if they would make either the inner sleeve, a poly sleeve or some kind of dense, more dense, yeah. I, I'm, I, if the inner sleeve splits totally, you know, not a big deal. Even if right. you buy used records from the eighties, right. those are split too a lot of times. Right. Yep. But you know, when I've had the heavier stock cardboard inner sleeves, it's it's almost like a second barrier, and I would be fine if those split if they were the ones who were taking that, you know, right. punishment, whatever. Um, one thing I was going to talk about and, and prepping up for this, I just got a record, and I've ordered from this guy before. Uh, are you familiar with NTX Vinyl, GI Sanders? Absolutely, I love GI Sanders. So yeah, so cheap plug. Not that he needs it because the guy's got no, like 10,000 10, 10, uh, subs or whatever. But um, I recently bought a record from him. He did a so there's a website called Nasdisc. Have you seen this? Okay. Yep. So expensive record, you know, record I've been looking for, all that kind of stuff. So I had ordered from him before on whatnot, a Pearl Jam record. And I, you know, did my usual thing. Cause anytime I order something now that's open or even if it's new, I'm asking to, I write right away. I'm like, Hey, do you mind withdrawing the record in inner sleeve? I, it's almost, I, it's like a form letter now yeah. at this point. And I just say, if, if, if it, it may already be your normal practice, but please put the record behind the outer blah, blah, blah. GI, like, no problem. That's how I do it. Perfect. Program record, perfect. No problem. So this record, since I did it through NASDISC, I didn't have a way to contact him directly, but I'd already bought from him. So I was like, hey, it'll probably be fun. So to his credit, this record was packed like a tank. So, you know, like everybody knows these cardboard stiffeners, right? So here's six of them. Okay. The record was in six of them. He had taped the sides. And so, and I've gotten records like packed like this before. Here's the line of delineation and GI Ryan. I know your name. I think right. You can call yourself Moses for all I care. This is what blew my mind. He is apparently putting these like plastic guards, and I don't think he does this on all. I'm sure it's probably just big ticket stuff. But he literally puts these things. Wow. On I mean indestructible. Like I yeah. was 
I was, and that's why I wanted to talk about it here because holy smoke, I was so impressed with this because clearly he has sourced these somewhere and made it part of his practice on these, you know, bigger ticket records. I mean, I was just blown away. I mean, one, I'm going to keep these. <laughs> yeah. Because clearly, I, you know, I paid for the shipping. But I mean, I just thought this was such a, and it's folks like this and ideas like this that actually give me confidence buying. Like we're talking about $100, $200 records, because again, you're not probably not going to find them in the wild. You got to right. make that choice at some point. Like, okay, I guess online it is. Yeah. And, you know, it, my practice now is anytime it's over 50 bucks, I write them the, please open it, please you know, do that. If it's That's less amazing. than less, less than 50, I'll, I'll take the gamble. And like you said, sometimes you get them the giant seam splits, corner dings, all that stuff. Yeah. But my goodness, GI, NTX vinyl. Like these little corn, I was, I was just beyond impressed. Cause I'm like, this is exactly, and hey, you know what, if it's two more extra dollars or whatever it is to ship, I'd pay, and, I'd pay in a heartbeat because yep. then I could, that record arrives and the guy trying out for the Olympics, who's also working for my local post office, you know, discus man, yep. he, he, he stay in the van by the road, throw it up, buddy. Cause guess what? This stuff is platinum plus tough. I mean, that's right. So he'll never, he, Maybe he watches this video. Maybe somebody tells him about it. But NTX Vinyl, again, cheap plug. This is ingenious. High marks. Really impressed. Uh, I'll, t I'll tag GI in the comments and make him watch it. <laughs> now, he's a good guy. I mean, yeah, and that's the thing, too. Like, the shops. I wish I could buy from him, but because I'm in Canada, he doesn't ship outside of the U.S. Yeah. No. Stinks. Stinks, stinks for you, my friend. <laughs> it does. It does. The, hey, I tell you what. Maybe that's the business opportunity you've been needing. Maybe you can become the GI Sanders of Canada and you can adopt this practice and everyone will be singing your praises saying, hey, Rob, Northern Revolution, look at this, look at this thing. This is go. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you know, I don't have that much disposable income or, you know, a regular <laughs> full-time job that takes up far too much of my time <laughs> and a mortgage uh, to pay, you know, all those other things. That's funny. Um, so the last one I had kind of on our topic of regrets or, big wins. Um, and this is probably for lack of a better word, a, a public, a service announcement mm -hmm. because, you know, if you're out in a while and you find a record and, and especially the older records, and I'll just use like older blue note jazz records as an example. So those are made in the 60s. Anything usually made before the, the, the gas oil embargo of the seventies, usually higher quality. Right. And there's been countless. So I don't have like one example, countless records, that I've purchased or maybe didn't purchase at first, because when I looked at them, you know, you're at the record store, record fair, you pull them out, scratch the hell. Right. And you're like, Oh man. And even if you've learned like to, you know, do the finger test and see if, if it's just cosmetic scratch or whatever, but some of those older records are literally like beat up. Cause guess what? People played them. People, yep. people weren't as particular as some of us collectors now where not but, even close, but you know, yeah. like I know my mom, she would just listen to records and just stack them up on yep. top. No sleeves, just blah. Yep. Not me. Right. No, but makes us cringe thinking about it. <laughs> first world problems. But yeah. So because people played them, people brought them to the parties, party records, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, Older records, you know, it's it's don't judge a book by its cover because honestly, these older records are champs. And especially if you have a good cleaning process, be it ultrasonic, be it, uh, you know, spin clean, vacuum, however you do it, it's probably never going to be like crystal perfect. Maybe a little pop crackle here. However, right. 
Don't let those scratches and an abundance of scratches dissuade you from purchasing because usually, and you can probably get those for a song. Like I have a, a first press of uh, Miles Davis, kind of blue, 58. I think it's 2i mono. It was in the, w w what one of my locals calls the uh, uh, secret stash, which is decent records, but cosmetically they're tough, right? Right. And I got it for, and, and this is a little pricier for secret stash, but you know, this is normally like a, 80 100 150 record depending on condition i got it for like 30 bucks wow and it was exactly what i'm talking about was you pull it out and jack was you know tough but scratches all over and i did the finger <laughs> hashtag at finger thing but i felt you know i felt the vinyl with my finger make sure there wasn't any like deep cuts took it home cleaned it and it's a nice it's a nice copy so anyway, so public service announcement, don't be dissuaded by seeing a lot of scratches on older records because those things are like tanks now. Yeah, you know, the formulation is probably different. The, obviously, the subject matter expertise of those people who are making them back then. And it's it definitely a chemical component too. obviously. Sure. <laughs> obviously, it's just like a lead paint, right? Like they, there's certain things that they probably put in those records back then that they probably can't put in the formulation now. But don't let the scratches dissuade you. And if anything, if, if your shops are like like mine are, if you take it home and it doesn't play right to you, you're just not comfortable, they'll let you bring it back. And yeah. maybe they don't give you a, a cash refund, or but they'll give you a store credit, which is, you know, if you buy records, you'll spend that in no time. So Exactly. That was the last thing I thought of relative to this conversation. What say you? So, I mean, I've got many other misses, like, you know, six or eight off the top of my head. But I'm going to end on a positive note in, 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 in favor of, of optimism. I did a video, I don't know, several months ago. Um, my wife collects records, doesn't have near the collection that I do. Not, not that mine's big. I've got 700-something records. She might have 150, something like that. But she still enjoys it for the, all the same reasons that I do. But I did this video. She has this uncanny ability or luck or superpower. Sure. Um, where she'll just buy a record because she loves it and she gets it for, you know, a cheap price. Mm -hmm. And they end up being absolutely ridiculously expensive. And again, and I've said it before. I don't care what a record's worth. I just think it's it's humorous because I can think of 10 examples off the top of my head where she's bought a record because she loved it and she bought it for 20 bucks or 40 bucks. And there were some of them are worth three, four, five hundred dollars. And I just hmm. we laugh about it because I'm like, do you have like a, a crystal ball or are you sitting on a horseshoe or is she is she Sarah Connor from the future? Right. So she's getting many of those, but I'm going to pick the first one just because I think it's yeah. So the movie Almost Famous, fantastic movie. Yes. My wife loves soundtracks. She's got tons of them, and the very first record she ever bought off eBay, which would have been like two thousand and five right sure she bought the soundtrack to almost famous not the one that has kate hudson on the cover that everyone the promo one uh, yep. mm -hmm. recognizes 
She bought this one, of which there's only 2,500 copies of this made. Now, it looks like there's ring wear on it. But it's designed to patina. Yep, yep. This this is actually part of the album artwork. It's meant to look old. Excellent. This is this is absolutely pristine. Twenty five hundred copies of this in the world. She saw it on eBay when she was looking for it. She's like, "Well, that cover is different." She goes, "Only won forty bucks for it," so she bought it. Nowadays, I looked on Discogs before we came on today. Sure. The median historical selling price for this record is $491. <laughs> and she bought it for 40 bucks because she liked the soundtrack. And there's, like I said, there's eight or nine more examples just like this. And again, it's not a gamble because she's not buying it, hoping it's worth more. She just sure. buys it because she likes it. And I've got the big record collection. She's got all the expensive records. We're never selling them. They're always going to be here. But it's just in the spirit of, of our discussion, I just thought it was humorous that she's got this knack of finding these these gold nuggets that just yeah. Hey, you got to keep her, Rob. That's the first thing I think. Well, yeah, keep her. And I mean, then... I got to keep her for many reasons, but <laughs> record collection being one of those, right? Yeah, it reminds me, especially because we're talking about this during like NCAA March Madness time, right? And it's like you hear those office pools, of people, you know, like betting on who wins the tournament. And I'm sure you've heard these stories, or maybe you haven't, where this, somebody who knows nothing, next to nothing, about you know it could be not just NCAA tournament but Super Bowl or whatever right and and they pick you know it's 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 the ones you least suspect they pick the winner based on uh, their uniform <laughs> based on uh, you know the the team name because they if it was a dog they used to have a dog like that all those kind of things that reminds me of exactly what you're talking about is like somebody who is so far removed from the subtle nuances of the gambling, the speculation aspect, and they just pick winner after winner after when winner. My, when my wife and I first started dating and we've been together, I think like 18 years, we, a couple times just because there was nothing to do, we went to the horse races. I don't give a shit about horse racing. I know nothing about horse racing. Sure. We'd put down cheap bets and we wouldn't look at the odds. We would look at the horse that had the dirtiest name. If it was a dirty name, we were picking them to be the winner. <laughs> and a few times it worked out, you know. So Amazing. there you go. Good stuff. There you go. Well, thank you for uh, for joining me, man. This was, of course, uh, of course. Well, right. You've been on so much of my stuff as the least I could do. I think it was my turn to repay the favor because I how many live streams have I've done where you just popped on because I was talking to myself. So you've done. I love solid. doing those live streams, man. They're a lot of fun. It's yeah. just kind of a free flow discussion of uh, you know whatever. But I really liked the last one when you were talking about um, regrets and. Because we all have them, right? There, oh, there's all, of course. There's always the ones that got away, and uh, there was just so many more that I had in my head, and I decided let, let's have a part two to this conversation and just uh, see where it goes. So, Great idea, sir. All right, man. Thanks for joining me. Well, folks, that concludes my conversation with Concert Buddy about some of our vinyl gambles, both good and bad. I hope you enjoyed that, and thank you for your continued support of the Vinyl Community Podcast. Catch on the flip side. Mm-hmm.